The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 4, 2.18 a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stacking the Box. I am Ad Vertoram alongside Josh Hill, and we're recording right before the Sunday night game between Cincinnati and Kansas City. All the other games at this point, of course, have gone final, save the exciting Monday night game between the Giants and the Falcons, but uh, you enjoy that at your own peril. So, uh, I've been writing my Stacking the Box column all day, and I'll give away that I'm leading with the Saints, but one of the things that I am covering is how we kind of saw, I think, a little bit of a separation between the contenders and the pretenders this week. There were a lot of games that featured teams that are kind of on the bubble, or in a few cases, teams that we think might end up being really good, a la Baltimore, New Orleans. Uh, And we saw some wild finishes. We saw some crazy plays. We saw some bad play throughout the day. Uh, And Hill, I'll I'll cede to you. Uh, What was your main takeaway uh, from the week that was? My main takeaway was the bad decision-making by teams who right now we're in the part of the season where you lose a game, it's going to count. Like in a way that it doesn't earlier in the year because now we're starting to see, like you said, separation between the pretenders and the contenders. In that game in London with the Titans and the Chargers, it comes down to it. Mike Vrabel goes for two to try to win. Well, essentially win. There's still some time on the clock. and Rivers would have got the ball back but essentially win the game on a two-point conversion. And twice, because there's a penalty in the end zone on the first attempt, twice they throw the ball. Don't kill the Titans for going for two, because that was, to me, I think that that was the right move. Kill them for the play calling, which is indicative of the entire season of how they've just been unable to open up that offense. Like, they run the ball all the time. You've got Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis is whatever, but you can put two backs out there, and if you really want to fake out a pass, put Lewis out there, and they throw the ball twice. 
that to me shows that the Titans have no business being in the playoffs. They have no business being in the conversation about the playoffs. And that is true of more than a few teams we've seen across the league today. It's not just the Titans. It's other teams that think that they're contenders and might, you know, like the Dolphins, contenders by default, who aren't necessarily up there with the cream of the crop. And that's where the separation is. Yeah, look, you talked about something that uh, I want to get into as well here, and I'll just touch on a little since you already did. That game with, with Tennessee and, and Los Angeles across the pond, look, give the Chargers credit they won the game. That's fine. Well, the Chargers aren't the story in this game. The Titans could have won that game very easily. Would have been 4-3, and three, would have been tied with Houston atop the AFC South. Of course, beat Jackson. We'll get to those teams in a little bit. Uh, but Tennessee, just a brutal play call late in the game. Now, look, first of all, they had third and goal and fourth and goal at the one-yard line, and they threw the ball both times. Fourth and goal is almost an alley-oop to a tight end that nobody's ever heard of. He ends up coming down with the pass, give credit. Then they throw the ball for the two-point conversion down, 2019, 31 seconds to go on the clock. They don't get it, but there's a defensive holding on the play. And so they get another opportunity from the one, and they still don't run the football. They throw it again from an empty formation. They don't complete it. Game over. They lose 2019. They fall to three and four going into their bye week. Now, look. Again, okay, if they win that game, those two teams are both 4-3 and three and Tennessee has the breaker on them. Yep. Like that is an enormous, enormous decision. And I, I, you said, Hill, I have no problem with them going for it. In fact, I think they should have. But I, I did a little stat search here. The Titans had 28 first and 10 or first and whatever the distance plays in that game. They either called a running play or it ended up being a running play by Mariota scrambling 21 times. What are you doing in that situation, throwing the football? You are a run team, even to the point of nausea at times. You never throw a football. And you, you are playing a team that's not great against the run, but it's excellent against the pass, and you throw the ball. The other thing I want to get to real quickly, because we'll touch on this down the road here in this podcast, but you look at Mitchell Trubisky's stat line today, 26-50, 333 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Yeah. Did, you know, hey, 333 yards – Couple touchdowns. He was atrocious in that game. He started out 415 for 41 yards. His stats were padded by a Hail Mary that ended up at the one yard line. Okay, that was one for over 50 yards. And for a play at the end of the first half, it went for about 30 yards. It was instead of a Hail Mary from the 40, the Bears just checked down and threw a, a little swing pass to Tariq Cohen. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. This was terrible. The both picks that he threw were bad. One especially that was underthrown. If he was thrown well, it would have been a touchdown. He missed multiple open receivers. The Bears, if Trubisky plays well, probably win the game. Now, New England didn't play well in the game. They had a couple of... of turnovers, and the, and the Bears had some special teams gas. I mean, this isn't all on Trubisky, but if he plays the way a number two overall pick plays, they win. And so, you know, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but look, let's jump right into week eight. Uh, the teams that are on a bye this week, Atlanta, Dallas, Tennessee, and the L.A. Chargers. So 14 games on the slate. And the Thursday night game is an AFC matchup, Miami at Houston. Houston, seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home, coming off that 20-7 win over Jacksonville. Jacksonville we'll get to next, and boy, there are a lot to talk about with them. Miami losing to Detroit. They also 4-3, so a critical game. I, I think two teams that are pretty underwhelming, but uh, could be fighting for a playoff spot. 
Yeah, I'm with you. This is incredibly underwhelming. For two teams that you look at their records and say, hey, the, the, the Dolphins are in second place, half game behind the, the Patriots, and you've got – or a full game behind the Patriots because the Patriots are 5-2. and two. Um, And then you've got the, te- uh, the, the Texans, who very well could win this division and I think are the best team in the AFC South. And it's mostly kind of by default, but – if Watson can get it together, and if that defense, like we've been saying for weeks, if the defense can get going, Watt, Merciless, Honey Badger had a pick today, that to me is going to be the difference maker. Last year we saw the Jaguars win the division with a defense that was very, very good. I don't think the Texans are going to be that world class, but the, 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 the formula is there to work. As far as the Dolphins are concerned, Brocktober struck twice. <laughs> I mean, they didn't get the win, but he, had some, he, he played well for two back-to-back weeks. Which is surprising. I didn't think he was going to do that. But give me the Texans in this one just because, again, it's Brocktober. Yeah. yeah. I have no faith. <laughs> no, I, I don't either. It's in Houston. I think Miami covers because seven and a half is an absurd line yeah. for Houston, who I, I give credit. They covered – I thought they'd cover this week. I didn't think they'd win. I thought it'd be close. They did obviously win. Um, Deshaun Watson was 12-24 for 139 yards, uh, and he had to get bust to the game. Mm-hmm. Because he has a bruised lung and rib injuries, and they were worried that if they put him in the air, it could get really worse, or much worse, I should say. Uh, that's not a great sign, and it's really not a great sign. He's got to now play three days later. Yeah, uh, you know, three and a half days later on this turnaround. So, look, I think Houston wins because I, I just have no faith in Miami. I don't think Miami's any good, um, but uh, I think the Texans, man, if they go eight and eight. They might win the division. And if you look at their schedule here, okay, they got this, obviously, the, the quick turnaround against Miami. Then they're at Denver and at Washington. And then they come home for this three-game stand. Titans, Browns, Colts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, realistically, if Houston plays, like, borderline competent football, even if they lose one of those games at Denver and Washington, like, they're, they're probably looking at, oh, I don't know, what would it be here? If they, if they split Denver and Washington, they beat Miami, that would put them at what? Five and three, six, nine and four. Yeah. If they if they swept that homestand and they finished the year at the Jets, at the Eagles, home to Jacksonville, they might win 10 games, even with all the issues that they've had. Uh, but give me, give me Houston to win, not to cover uh, in that game. So the London game, this third London game, is the last London game uh, of the year. And it is Jacksonville technically playing host to Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia is a three-point favorite in the game because, of course, it really is a neutral field. Uh, This is an easy one for me. I'll be short and sweet. I think Philadelphia is going to pound Jacksonville. And I will also say this. If the Eagles don't beat Jacksonville, I'm done with Philadelphia this year. I got Mm -hmm. Philadelphia, if you missed it, it's up 17-0 in the fourth quarter against Carolina at home and gave up 21 unanswered points and found a way to lose that game. Uh, just a disgraceful loss, a ridiculous loss. Uh, but right now, Jacksonville doesn't even know who the quarterback is. No. You, you've, got, you've got Bortles, who gets benched for Cody Kessler. I mean, just the fact you're benched for Cody Kessler tells all you need to know about Bortles. So give me Philadelphia to cover and a win. I, I just think Jacksonville's such a mess offensively. Uh, Rams get a quote after the game. We all know what the problem is, but we can't say it, so you all can say it. I think that this reminds me, I think you actually said this here today. This reminds me so much of Denver last year, where that defense realized like our offense is just not going to allow us to win. Yep. And all of a sudden, the defense became atrocious, and it was like, what's going on? Well, they just, they just had it off. They, they know they're not going to win. I think that's what we're seeing. Philadelphia is going to win this game, my book. Uh, I think Jacksonville is, is 
looking at the potential free fall. Yeah, Philadelphia is going to win this game, and they need to win this game. If Washington wins, we now have a legitimate title fight at the top of the NFC East with Philadelphia and Washington. Who you said it too? Uh, they could they could sneakily become the team that wins that division. Cool. Alex Smith, Jay Gruden. There's a lot working for it, but. I just would like to address the Blake Bortles issue, which it seems like we have to do every now. I'm taking out the crayons. I'm going to draw this for everybody who somehow thinks that he's still a good quarterback. Blake Bortles played two and a half quarters. He got benched about 10 minutes left to go in the third quarter. In that time, in a quarter, over 30 minutes of football, 6 for 12, 61 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, two fumbles. Cody Kessler, in less than half the time that Blake Bortles played, 21 for 30, 156, a touchdown and a pick. I don't understand this this concept, this idea that Blake Bortles is a competent quarterback. And we were talking about it all day today. The Jaguars are anchored to this guy until 2020. You can't get rid of him. This is going to be a problem. And yeah, the defense knows. I mean, there's the reports out in the locker room after the game that you got guys fighting each other in there that need to be held back. We all know why. We know why there's frustrations in that locker room. Blake Bortles is the anchor. I really wish they would have lost that wild card game to the Bills. I know you joked that they lost it except everywhere except the scoreboard, but if he if they lose that game, Bortles does not get the extension. And also, it is it, it starts way before that, way before the wild card game that Blake Bortles isn't any good. I mean, he his stats have been padded by the team losing by him all this garbage time. This everybody who points to the stats, you, you hinted on it with the Mitchell Trubisky thing, kind of top of the show. Don't look at the stat line because Blake Bortles is not winning a Super Bowl. Can you sit there in Duval, and I know Jaguars fans are with me on this one, close your eyes and picture Blake Bortles lifting the Vince Lombardi trophy. You can't do it because it's never going to happen. No, you got as far as close your eyes and picture Blake <laughs> Bortles and everybody drowned themselves in that pool, okay? <laughs> look, the 2019 contract situation is this. He has a $21 million cap hit. If they cut him, they eat $16.5 million. That's a bargain. They're, yeah. It's a bargain. And, and, and they're not going to do it. The only no. way they get out of this is if they cut him with a post-June 1 designation. Mm-hmm. They, they eat $8.25 million in each of the next two years. I don't, maybe that's worth it to them. I don't know. But what a disaster. And they're so far over the cap. They're screwed. They can't sign anybody else. Like They would have to just hope that they can get a rookie and ride him. And this class coming out does not look particularly no. promising. So they've got major problems down in Duval. Uh, beyond just the fact they have a pool in their stadium. Okay, let's go to the Sunday games. The Jets at the Bears. Bears favored by six. I already talked about the Bears a little bit. Look, I think this defense is really good. Everybody's going to say that they gave up 38 points to New England. Well, first of all, it's New England. Second of all, uh, two of those scores are special team scores. Mm-hmm. And they weren't helped out by the fact that Trubisky just can't stop turning the ball over. Look, I don't want to hear from Bears truthers about, well, you know, he threw nine touchdowns in the, in the two prior weeks. With all due respect, it was against the Bucks at home, yep. who have been bad defensively all year long, especially against the pass, and especially with Mike Smith as the coordinator for they fired him. Okay, and the Dolphins game, that's great. He threw three touchdowns. He also threw a ridiculous pick that cost them the game. So he has not played particularly well. He's been very up and down. I think the Bears win this game at home. I think they take care of business. The spread, I think, is about right. I'll, I'll take the Jets to cover. But I think the Bears win. They get the 4-2. and two. If the Bears the next three weeks, they get the Jets, they go to Buffalo, then they come back and play Detroit. This three-game stretch is going to make it a break for them. I think they win. Give me that, that duo of Conan and Howard. I think the, Nagy has to realize the only way this team's going to win is relying on his defense, pounding the ball, and then going play action with Trubisky. Yeah, give me the Bears in this one, too. This seems like the type of game for them to bounce back. But I am with you 100% on the Trubisky truthers. Take away his adjusted yardage, if you take away that – 
Hail Mary pass that he had, which was roughly, what, like 50-some yards. He's yeah. under 300 yards passing. Which I'm right there 50 is... 50 attempts. Yeah, which right there is... It knocks out a huge pillar of everybody defending him, saying, oh, you threw for over 300 yards. A pair of picks, which were backbreakers, and they got gifted on a couple of turnovers. Like, we were, we were watching the game in the office. The Bears jump out to a 17-7 lead because of two really big mistakes by the Patriots, who, because they're a good football team, adjusted and came back and won. The Bears, look, saying that Mitchell Trubisky is bad right now, which he is because it's factual and the stats back that up, is not a bad thing because it's not an indictment of his entire career. He is going to be a good quarter, a good to fine quarterback, but he is not good right now. And this idea that he had one good game against one of the league's worst passing defenses does not mean that he's Johnny Unitas, okay? This is all about the future for the Bears, which is kind of why I was really nervous when they traded for Cleo Mack and everybody and their mother had a think piece about how this was this, they're this year's Rams even more so than they were already this year's Rams when they hired Matt Nagy. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Reality is setting in. They are a middle-of-the-road, potential wild-card team. I'm not going to take it all away from them. But they, they, there's a lot of flaws on this team, okay? Before the game, I said the yards after catch, it killed them in Miami. And Mark Carmen on the show that we do on Sunday said it was the humidity. And a lot of people are saying, it was the humidity. It was just them going to Miami. Was it humid at Soldier Field on the lake today? Because the yards after catch killed them again. This defense needs to adjust. Look to the future, Bears fans. It's bright. Don't get upset that the struggles are right now. This is what happens to teams that need to figure things out when they have a young quarterback and a defense that is still coming together. I'm going to say that Trubisky may not be good, uh, but sure, look to the future because you have three winnable games coming up. Well, you're right about Mariota, so you nailed that. I just, I just think Trubisky has a really good offensive coach, mm-hmm. and they got a lot of weapons. The thing that scared me in that game weren't the picks. It wasn't, it wasn't his numbers on the whole. weren't his numbers. What worried me was if you watch that game, he just looks so indecisive and he's just standing there. Yep. And st- Mitch, you got to throw the ball, man. Like, if the ball just has to come out, and you're not playing the 85 Bears across the field here. I mean, that team has no defense, and New England still was able to really shut them down for much of the game. Moving on, I'll see the Florida U.S. I always do with these games. The Buccaneers at the Bengals. Bengals favored by six. Of course, we don't know what's going to go on with uh, Kansas City and, and Cincinnati here in a little bit. But for now, Bengals favored by a touchdown. You, being Mr. Buccaneer fan, sitting here in your Mike Evans jersey, uh, <laughs> thoughts on the game? Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bucks because I can't I never go against company lines here. But uh, I, I I can see why people are gonna go with the Bengals here, especially because I think they're gonna have unspeakable things done to them by the Chiefs on national television. And the, if they're a team that's supposed to be contending for an AFC North title, you beat teams like the Buccaneers at home. Okay, the first half for Jameis Winston it was great. The defense played well. Everybody was hyped up, but I had to keep reminding myself, it's just the Browns. It's just the Browns. And then, lo and behold, just the Browns came back and forced overtime, and we almost had just a tie again. You know, Canton Zero hits a, a field goal from the moon after he misses a, a game. 59 yards. Barely, barely gets the win here against Cleveland. So I'm out on the Bucks as far as being a contender on the road against a team that I think is, is going to be in the playoffs for the AFC. 
But look, if you're the Bengals, regardless of what happens against the Chiefs, you just have to beat teams like the Bucks, who you're better than. Yeah, look, I'll be I'll be sure and sweet. You nailed all the talking points. But my biggest thing is I think the Buccaneers have a lot of talent, but Winston just scares the daylights yeah. out of me. That game against Cleveland, he just can't stop doing ridiculous like picks, fumbling the ball. And I'm not gonna say it's all on him. Look, I, I get it. You know, the fumbles are a result too of pressure and and, and I, I understand that. But the pick he threw was just ridiculous. Like you just can't throw it. I, how do you, you throw one pick? Two pick? Yeah, I, a pair of picks. A pair of picks. Okay. I I don't even remember the second one. I remember the first one. Under- the, first, the second one happened in overtime. Oh, sure. So, sure. They, yeah, so the only yeah, you're right. So both of those pitch are just – right now I do remember seeing that. They're just terrible to see. Like, I don't know what he's doing, what he's looking at. So, look, I think the Bucks cover, but the Bengals win. Moving on to an NFC clash of Titans. Seattle at Detroit. <laughs> Detroit favored by two and a half. I'll take the lead here. Look, Detroit got a nice win in Miami. I, I wanted to see how that game would play out. Detroit was coming off the bye. And to me, it was kind of one of those games, are, are you good Detroit or are you just old school Detroit? Uh, well, it was good Detroit. It was 32-21 to 21, Detroit beating the Dolphins. Stafford only threw the ball 22 times, 18 of 22, 217, two touchdowns. More importantly, the Lions ran the ball 35 times for 248 yards in the game. Carryon Johnson went for a buck 58 on eight yards of carry. Uh, look, if the Lions are on the ball like that, they're going to be successful. I'll take the Lions in this game. I think they're going to win. The Lions of town. The Lions are weird. You never know what you're getting, as evidenced by the fact they lost to the Jets and the Niners in the turnaround and waxed New England. But I like the Lions. I do think they're talented. I do think they can throw the ball. But the key is running the football. If they can do that, uh, I buy into them. So give me the Lions to cover the two and a half. Even though Seattle coming off the bye, I just – I don't trust the Seahawks. I got to see them beat a good team. They haven't done that yet. Uh, you give me the Lions in this one because they're at home. Uh, if this was in Seattle, I'd probably agree. Lead the other way. Agreed. Uh, and this is a time to address this. Seattle's three and three. They could very sneakily become four and three. They're not going to win the NFC West, but they could be in contention there with the NFC Wild Card. Because right now, I mean, I was looking at the the playoff projections. And the Bucks at three and three are the first team outside of the bubble. So if you look at that, there's we're going to have some change over there. The only thing I will say about this. The outside factors that you think about these. If this game again, if this game was in Seattle, the uh, you know the Paul Allen factor. They lose their owner who dies earlier last week, and you remember that first game that the Raiders played after Al Davis died with Hugh Jackson. You know uh, they come out and they're able to win. It's a huge emotional game, so you can never really discount those types of things. But I, I as far as football is concerned, the Lions. This is a game they have to have. If they're talented enough, give me Detroit. But I don't. I, I think it's going to be a sloppy game. Washington Redskins at the New York Giants. Of course, the Giants play Monday night, so we don't know exactly what's going to happen with them, although we probably have an idea. Uh, the Redskins coming off of a weird, wild 2017 win. They're winning in the fourth quarter, 13-10. Dak makes a ridiculous play in his own end zone, fumbles the ball. The Redskins score. It's 20-10. like three minutes left. If you figure the game's over, Dallas scores a touchdown, gets the ball back. Smith goes scrambling out of bounds with under two minutes to go. Uh, and then Dallas lines up for a 47-yard field goal, takes a penalty, turns it into a 52-yard field goal, and their kicker drills it off the upright. Would have been good from 47. So that's the way that ends. But Washington now leading the NFC East by a game and a half over Dallas and Philadelphia. And their next handful of games at the Giants, home to the Falcons, at the Bucks, home to the Texans. Like, could go on a little bit of a run here, although Washington does make you wonder sometimes some of the things that happen. They are favored by a point. 
I'm not going to talk about the Giants at all because I think they're ranted. Yep. And they're going to have a top five pick because they look like they quit uh, when they played Philadelphia. Give me the Redskins in this game. I don't care that it's on the road. I don't care that the Redskins are a little bit Jekyll and high, even though they're 4-2. I think they're the better team. I don't trust Manning. I don't trust anything I see with the Giants other than Odell Beckham doesn't get the ball enough. He's going to complain on the sideline. And Saquon Barkley is going to have one run of 50 yards and then have 20 carries for 20 yards. So give me Washington. They get the 5-2 and two and all of a sudden put some serious pressure on the rest of the division. Yeah, this is a very Daniel Snyder Washington team. They're probably going to get it in the playoffs. Either it's a division winner or a wild card. You got Alex Smith, the quarterback. Adrian Peterson on his last leg, who surprisingly is playing very well. Give me Washington in this one. I, they're weird. I kind of like them. I was big on the Giants before the season to be a sneaky surprise team because we were both out on the Eagles. I'm switching that over to the Redskins because I really th- I, I like what I'm seeing. Not because it excites me, just because it's a weird monkey wrench that I wasn't really anticipating. Yeah, you know, uh, I also was in the Giants, but we're just going to delete that from uh, the memory <laughs> banks of everybody. The Giants have been absolutely abysmal. Uh, another 1 o'clock kick on the East Coast, Denver at Kansas City. Kansas City, of course, again, got to play tonight. But right now, early line, opening line, a nine-point favorite over Denver. Biggest line of the week. Denver coming off that shellacking of Arizona. There's rumors floating around about them possibly making trades. There's a report that they're going to try to move Chris Harris uh, which would be a significant loss for them, but obviously trying to get picks, trying to get younger. Demarius Thomas are trying to move on from him. He's making $17.5 million this yeah. year and next. Like, they're lucky if they get a lottery ticket for Demarius Thomas, who's on pace for less than 700 receiving yards. Or excuse me, less than 800 receiving yards. Um, and, of course, we don't know what's going on with Kansas City, but uh, the Chiefs beat them on Monday night a few weeks back. It was a weird game. It was a game that Denver had Mahomes playing pretty rough football for the first three quarters, and they figured out what was happening, and he lit them up. Uh, I am going to take the Chiefs in this game. I I think Denver might cover the spread, maybe like a backdoor cover, a touchdown late, something like that. Because the Chiefs' defense is just rancid. That, I think Denver probably scores a, a, a time or two late. But I think Kansas City wins the game and keeps in control. Look, the Chiefs are really good offensively, maybe even great. Uh, if they beat Cincinnati, their next three games, Denver, Cleveland, Arizona. Like They're, they're probably looking at 9-1 and one if they beat the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to have to keep winning. The Chargers, 5-2 and two, right there. New England holds a tiebreaker on them for home field. They're 5-2. and two. So the Chiefs, a uh, huge game against the Bengals. But if they can win that game, it, really regardless of the game, I, I feel like they'll beat Denver at home. But uh, a big stretch here. Kansas City could make some hay. They're, they're only going to be an underdog one game the rest of the year. And that's against the Rams in Mexico. So uh, give me the Chiefs. I think Denver covers late, but I don't think the game's in doubt late. Yeah, the Chiefs kind of really lucked out with the Rams game being on a neutral field, too. So, uh, give me the Chiefs. One thing that people are discounting, it seems, when we talk about the Chiefs' defense, which I I agree is rancid, Justin Houston and Eric Berry. When they come back, this is going to be a much more complete view, specifically Eric Berry, who hasn't played a game at all. And he is the lifeblood of that team. He is the leader in the locker room. He is the spiritual and emotional leader on defense. His absence is something that's going to be a big, big addition Whenever he comes back, or are you racing his absence, I should say. Give me, give me the Chiefs in that one. I think Denver's best shot to get the Chiefs was at home on Monday Night Football. This is an arrowhead. I don't think it's going to be as close as it was last time we saw these two teams. Uh, agreed. I think Denver gave them their best shot and still lost. And I think at arrowhead, I, I, it's just a very tough chore for Denver. Uh, staying in the AFC with another good division rivalry, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, 7.5-point favorite. Coming off the bye, of course, the Steelers 3-2-1. These two teams tied week one in Cleveland. An ugly game, 21 apiece. 
Uh, the Browns coming off the loss to your Bucks, Chandler, Chandler Catanzaro, 59 yards for the win. <laughs> Got it. And uh, so the Browns are 2-4-1. and one. There's a report uh, from Ben Albright, who's been a friend of the show, who's come on, who says uh, he has a text from an NFL exec that uh, Hugh Jackson is on very thin ice, and it's a, he might not get to the bye, which is in a couple of weeks. So we'll see how that goes. Hugh Jackson also said after the game that he might have to start taking a bigger role in the offensive uh, play calling which I'm sure is news to Todd Haley. I'm sure that's going over well because Todd Haley is a guy who really takes a back seat. So that'll, that'll be interesting. Look, I'll just be simple. I think the Steelers are going to kill Cleveland. Cleveland's offense has been bad. It's been bad for weeks. Everybody goes into Baker hysteria. hysteria excuse me. Easy for me to say. Uh, he has not played well at all, really, the last couple of weeks. And against Tampa Bay, he was 23-34, but for only 215 yards, a couple touchdowns. He was sacked five times, which isn't, of course, all his fault, but he does hold the ball a little bit. Uh, give me the Steelers to win in the cover. I think the Steelers off a bye are going to do some serious damage to Cleveland. Yeah, and, and Pittsburgh's in that spot of the season where they got to get games like this. The way that the slow start that they got out to, they can't afford to drop games like this. I'm with you. The, the uh, Trubisky factor is very much in play here with Baker Mayfield, who's exciting, got everybody going, got that Browns' first win. And now it's, okay, he's a rookie quarterback. He's a young guy. He's going to make mistakes. It's in Pittsburgh. My God, this is going to be... If the the Steelers are legit and want to silence the hate that both of us have been giving them and a lot of other people, this is the game that they have to win. Well, and then after that, Pittsburgh goes to play Baltimore on the road. So this is a huge stretch for the Steelers. Going to the 4 o'clock... Oh, excuse me, one more 1 o'clock game. Speaking of the Ravens, who lost on a missed extra point by Justin Tucker, the first missed extra point of Tucker's career... He had made all 245 attempts before this prior, uh, prior to that miss via NBC stats. Um, Baltimore's a Carolina. It's a pick em. Carolina coming off that game we talked about earlier. They won 21-17, 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter at Philadelphia. I'm, I'm going to roll with, uh, with, with Carolina here. Uh, they're at home. If the game's in Baltimore, I think Baltimore, obviously it's a pick. Uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a coin flip. I think it's a fair line. I think Carolina maybe should be favored by a point or so. I think the Panthers are good, but they are weird. Uh, but give me the Panthers. I, both have good defenses. Both teams want to run the ball. They're similar teams, really. Yeah. Uh, I'll just take the home team. I, I don't think there's much difference between the two. Uh, I'm going to go with Baltimore in this one. Kind of the same thing. I'm, it's very close. I don't think that Carolina's offense is as good as New Orleans' offense is. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. I think Baltimore's defense is going to be able to stop Cam Newton. Maybe Christian McCaffrey gets a little bit, but it's not going to be much. And then there's no receivers. So give me Baltimore in this one. And especially after losing, they're going to, they're, they're going to need this game to stay in the race if they want to be serious. So give, give me Baltimore. Moving to the four o'clock games, and boy, are we going to move fast through this one. Uh, the Colts at the Raiders. Colts, of course, coming off of a blowout win over Buffalo. Buffalo is just an atrocity. That's about the nicest way I can put it. Uh, my God, are the Bills bad. Um, the, the Colts won 37-5 at home. It was no contest. Marlon Mack had a huge game. And LaShawn McCoy went out after two carries with a head injury uh, concussion. We'll see how that plays out, see if he can even go uh, uh, for Buffalo. Actually, excuse me, Buffalo plays Monday nights. So we'll get to them, but we'll see if he can go in that game. But as far as Indianapolis is concerned, uh, good win, but only puts him at 2-5. and five. The Raiders coming off a bye. They lost, of course, 27-3 last week in London against the Seahawks. Uh, the Colts are favored on the road by a point and a half. Favored. And you know what? I, I don't know that it's insane that they're favored. 
But I'm just going to make this short and sweet because I want to just plow through this. Uh, I think I think the Raiders will win because they just kind of like have to at some point. They're off a bye at home. Colts going cross country. Give me the Raiders, but also give me the towel to bite down on because I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, give me the Colts just because this game is ugly. It's gross, and I somebody has to win. I guess although this year no. You don't know that. No, no, so, somebody's got to win. Give me a tie. I'm going yeah. rogue. Give me a tie. I'm not picking a winner. Oh, God. Well, here, <laughs> speaking of a, of a game that is going to just be offensive to all the senses, the 49ers, 1-6, at the Cardinals, also 1-6. Nice. It's a pick em. Of course, it's a rematch. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get your food. Your pet has get a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage get for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. Match. The Cardinals won the first matchup with the two teams. Somehow. I'm just going to be insanely brief. Uh, Cardinals, I think they sweep the season series because you couldn't look any worse than you know, Thursday night. Byron Leftwich now the new offensive coordinator. I think they come out like quasi-fired up for this game because, oh, it's a new start. And then the rest of the season is just absolutely out the window. Uh, I'll take the Cardinals to win, but my God, there's no winners in this. Yeah, the most interesting thing about this to me is the potential rise of Byron Leftwich as a coordinator in the league. Because he's offensive coordinator. He's been kicking around as a coach here and there. You know, everybody remembers him getting carried down the field of Marshall. And I remember him as a Buccaneer overthrowing receivers in the preseason. Seeing him as a coordinator, maybe he can come up with some kind of reputation here with Josh Rosen, who I'm also excited about. Give me Arizona in this one. And San Francisco's continuing for that top pick in the draft. Yeah, uh... It's almost like the loser is the winner in this game in a lot of ways. Um, All right. Now, there is, of the three 4 o'clock games, two of them, as we've mentioned, are Mm -hmm. complete tire fires. Um, In fact, the NFL should block them out across the entire country. That said, there's a one really interesting game, Packers at Rams. However, the second biggest line of the week, the Rams are eight-and-a-half-point favorites in the game. Of course, the only undefeated team in the league, 7-0. They just finished housing the 49ers in Santa Clara. Uh, put up 39 points and really didn't even do that much offensively. It was just a turnover fest by the Niners. The Packers coming off a bye. They have not looked good. They're 3-2-1, and one, so the, the record-wise are okay, but they have not looked very good, um, even in most of their wins. But they come in rested. Uh, Hill, I'll, I'll let you uh, lead off here. Thoughts on Green Bay, Los Angeles? Who you got? I honestly don't think the line's big enough. The Packers stink. Like, that defense, C.J. Beathard at home, the frozen tundra, he's able to come in and light up. Like you said last week, light him up like a Christmas tree. Like, good Lord. At, look, at some point, we all have to agree that Mike McCarthy is not a good coach. I don't know why some people want to die on this hill that he is, and he's not the problem. We're in an NFL now where Sean McVay is 15 years ahead of everybody else with play calling. Patrick Mahomes is out there throwing the ball all around, you're drawing up. Even Mitchell Trubisky at times looks good because of the offensive system that's being, these play calls that are being drawn up. Why can't Green Bay do that for the best quarterback in the league? This is frustrating, and I hate the Packers. I like it when they lose, but I'm with you, and I hate, when, I hate bad football. I hate when good teams are bad because of stupid reasons, like Mike McCarthy doesn't know how to run an offense. He doesn't know how to make the play, these play calls. I know they're 3-2-1, they're and one, 
But if they lose to the Rams, at some point you have to consider making serious changes on the coaching staff because they're not playing well. They're wasting Aaron Rodgers, the, the very end of Aaron Rodgers' prime, and they'll, they'll have just gone up against a team that very well could win the Super Bowl this year and lost, which tells me you do not have the personnel in place right now to beat good teams. Give me the Rams in this one. This line is not big enough. And I really hope that this starts pissing Packer fans off and saying, look, something has to happen because this team should be a lot better than it is. And Aaron Rodgers should have played in many more than just one Super Bowl. This is getting ridiculous. Yeah, well, I got news for Packers fans. Look, I think the Rams win. I do think the Packers cover because I think Rodgers will go berserk, but it won't matter. Because um, it's probably healthy. It's going to be the rest of the year coming off the bye. Yeah. Um, here are the next five games for the Packers. At the Rams, at the Patriots, home to the Dolphins, at Seattle on a Thursday night, at Minnesota on Sunday night. Oh, Good luck. Like they, they should be thrilled if they come out of that two and three. Yeah. Okay, they should beat the Dolphins, and they, you know, Thursday night is rough, but they probably should beat Seattle, at Minnesota, at New England, at LA. Better find a way to win one of them. Yeah. Because you're probably not making the playoffs if you don't. Look, the Packers have put themselves in this position. They lost to the Redskins. They lost to Detroit. They barely beat the Niners. They beat the Bills, but they didn't look good doing it. They beat the Bears in that crazy game to start the year. I'm with you with McCarthy. The problem is is people are going to say, well, they lost to the Rams. They lost to the Pats. And, and like, in a vacuum, that's correct. Like, okay, fine. You know, nobody I get it. But they lose games all the time, as I just illustrated, that they shouldn't lose. Mm-hmm. Games are way too close all the time. At some point here, you got to clean the the coaching staff out of here. I think it happens at the end of the season. I don't think it happens before then. And, of course, I should mention that their closing kick here, the last five games of the year, home to Arizona, home to Atlanta, at Chicago, at the Jets, home to the Lions. So what probably will happen is the Packers will be some asinine thing, like 4-6-1, and one, and then they'll win the last five games because they're playing nobody, and they'll get in as like a six seed. And then that'll be the justification to keep McCarthy for another year. That game against Detroit very well could be for the wild card. It, and God knows what's happening in that game. Like, that game's, that game's out in Atlanta. Like, like, Detroit's not winning that game. There are certain franchises you just look at, and I don't care what the personnel is, who the coach is, you just know. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, I root for one of them. Like, <laughs> you just know in certain spots, like, this, this team is just... Like, this game, the Sunday night game, and obviously I'm not going to go too into it because by the time everybody listens, they'll know the result. The Cincinnati-Kansas City game, it's like a matchup of two franchises to just find inconceivable ways to lose in big spots. So this should be fascinating, really, in some ways. The, the Bengals haven't won a playoff game since, since the George Bush senior administration. The Chiefs have won one since then. So, you know, I look forward to this. Although the Chiefs have been good in primetime in the regular season, the Bengals not so much. So who knows? Man, that's the difference. Okay, moving on. The Sunday night game, a really good game. The Saints at the Vikings. The Vikings, two-and-a-half-point favorites. The Vikings have been weird this year. They're 4-2-1. They did beat up on the Jets. It was a little bit of a slow start, but they took care of business. Second half, they played really well. Go away with it, 37-17. Outscored the Jets 27-10 in the second half. Cousins wasn't anything spectacular, 25-40 for 241. Uh, but the Jets beat themselves. A lot of turnovers. Darnold was horrendous, 17-42 with three picks. Uh, he did have some drops in there from his receivers, but still. And the Jets, all you need to know about that game, something named Trenton Cannon led them in receiving. Okay? <laughs> that, that's uh, pretty much where we are with that. So, uh, Vikings two-and-a-half-point favorites at home over the Saints. It's a weird game from the standpoint that it's a, re- it's a rematch of last year's Minneapolis Miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vikings are really talented. The Saints are a little more talented. But it's in Minnesota – uh, 
I might change this pick three times in my head this week. But give me Minnesota at home. I love the Saints. I think they're really good. But that's a, that's a really good game. If it was in New Orleans, I'd take it that way. But it's not. So give me the Vikings at home uh, in a game where I think they get up for it. They seem to play to the level of their competition. So I'll, I'll take it that way. Yeah, I'm going to take the Saints in this one just because I don't like the way that the Vikings have been starting games. And I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. There's going to be a team that catches them, punches them in the mouth, and then it's like, uh-oh, you should have started a lot hotter. And I think that the Saints are that team. Defensively, I, this, may, this may very well be a, a replay of the Thursday night game the Vikings had against the Rams where it was a huge high-scoring game. It was a shootout. Threes and Cousins go back and forth. But ultimately, I think the Saints are going to come out of this one. But I'm with you. I think I'm going to change my mind a couple of times in this one. But the thing that people forget, the Saints are one fluky game against the Buccaneers away from being undefeated. They're undefeated with an asterisk in my mind. And until somebody really beats them, I'm not going to be convinced that they're not the better team. And it's, it's, it's the challenge has been accepted by the Vikings. Let's see if they can step up. But until then, give me the Saints. Monday night. Oh, dear God. <laughs> New England. At Buffalo. Let's just beep out the rest of this podcast so nobody has to listen We're to it. We're going to be brief <laughs> with this for all the for the sake of all the listeners. Um, the Pats, even though they're on the road, are favored by 13 points, which means if this is a home game, they'd be favored by 19 or 20. Uh, it's not enough points. They could he'll, they could make this line in Vegas 30 points, and I, I still might just take the Pats. This is going to be a bloodbath. I can't think of any scenario where the Pats don't beat them by 30 points. Anything. The Bills are probably looking to start Derek Anderson again, who, by the way, went 20 and 31 for a buck 75 with three picks against the Colts. Okay? I, I don't know how anybody makes a case for this team being game. Like, there, there's some times there are good teams you say, well, they look ahead, they have a tendency to play down. New England is not that team. Mm-mm. New England is not going to play down, and God knows Belichick. They could be up 40 points, and he's going to be going for it on fourth and three at midfield at the two-minute warning. So, uh, my, the patch. patch. Give me the Patriots. There will be people out there, though, and prepare yourself for this, to say, you know, the Patriots, they're always good for one bad game a year, and this has all the making. This has none of the makings. Don't believe any of the poppycock that anybody's going to give you. It's fool's gold. Don't get sold snake oil. You, you, you say this a lot, and I think this is going to be very true. Unspeakable things will be done to the Bills. This is going to have to be switched over to a pay-per-view behind the paywall type of game at halftime. They should start Nathan Peterman just because. Just do it. Which is another thing. How many times are we going to have to see him? Like, really? How many times are we going to have to see him? We always saw him today. But Too many. Uh, Patriots. Listen. we got we got to move on. Um, <laughs> So before we go, obviously, we'll, we'll touch on one final thing. But I uh, want to quickly give a shout-out to our sponsor, Fanatics. Of course, uh, if you don't know about Fanatics, you need to. They do a great job at everything that a fan could ever want, any kind of merchandise, memorabilia, uh, any kind of any, you know, swag. You want to wear a hat to a game, you want to wear a jersey, a coat, a sweatshirt, you, you, you name it. It's there. Go to fanside.fanatics.com and type in the code FANSIDE. They give you 20% off uh, shipping, and uh, that's off of any item. So they'll hook you up. Just as they hook all of us up for all of our stuff, we still have a million hats at the fanside office that, that we just rotate through wearing. Uh, it's great stuff, and, and they really uh, they'll take care of you. Uh, beyond that, please check out Stack in the Box on iTunes. If it's the first time listening, thanks so much for joining us. If you've listened before, thanks for coming back. Appreciate it. And you can always get hold of Josh and I either on Twitter and our emails, first out last to fansided. And you can check out all of our writing 
Fanside.com. I run a uh, column every Monday, Stacked in the Box. Uh, the written word, 2,000-plus words this week. Uh, and I touch on every team in the NFL. And then, of course, on Tuesdays, we have our Stack in the Box show. It's going to be a good time. Uh, we have Ashley Young and Mark Harmon who join us. We talk about the week that was. We look ahead. Uh, and this week's going to be really special. We're going to have Jeff Perlman on, who uh, we wanted to get on the podcast about uh, two weeks ago. Unfortunately, we had some technical issues. We couldn't wait to get a mixer. Um, but we're all set up now. He's going to join us via Skype. That's going to be a lot of fun. Talk about his new book, Football for a Buck, The Rise and Even Crazier Fall of the USFL. And if you don't know that story, believe me, you need to. It's incredible. Um, so all that being said, I should mention also, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. If you haven't, leave a comment, leave a rate. Okay, so all that out of the way. Hill, final thought on week seven in the NFL as we unbelievably move toward the midway point of the year. Last year was defined by injuries. This year's the year of the kicker, the anti-kicker. I mean, we're living in a world where it's gotten so bad that it's finally swung back around to Justin Tucker, the most reliable kicker in recent NFL history, missing an extra point for the first time in his career, which I think is peak awful kickerness that we can get to. So that that and, and as a Bucks fan, I both lived and died two different lives with with, with Canton Zero today. So that that's something I'm looking forward to because. You watch that. It's funny now when the Bucks are doing this against the Browns. Justin Tucker missed the next point, and the, the Cowboys doink one. When it gets to January, when you've got the season on the line and the kicker's out there, the jokes stop, the laughter dies, and then it becomes serious. So that's, that, that's me as I'm looking at that. Well, my overarching takeaway is look, I was born in 1988, so I'm 30 years old, for those of you who struggle with math like me. <laughs> And I am, like a lot of people, a sucker for nostalgia. And I grew up in the, you know, 93, 94, 95, and I first really started to watch and, and care about football and got really into it from a young age. And I remember as a kid, my first memories of football were there was not a lot of parity. The Cowboys were great. The Niners were great. The Packers were really good. Uh, and then the AFC, it was the Bills, and everybody kind of chasing them, although the AFC was the far weaker conference. The reason I, I bring all that up is – you know, we've seen so much parity over the years in, in, in the NFL uh, outside of New England, where New England just continues to, to defy logic. I think this is a year that kind of harkens back to the 90s a little bit. Yes, there's a lot of parity throughout the league, but there's not a lot of parity at the top. The Rams and the Saints are clearly, by far, the best two teams in the NFC. Minnesota could join them. I could see Minnesota getting in that conversation. I can't see anybody else doing it. No offense to the Eagles, they're not good enough. I don't see any reason why the Eagles are going to join those teams. And at this point, they've got four losses already. They're going to have to go on the road in the playoffs face loss teams. Good luck. Uh, I thought the Falcons had a shot to be one of those teams that they've been ravaged by injuries. They're not doing it. I don't think Carolina is consistent enough, and I don't think Green Bay is the right coach or the right defense. So I look at the NFC, and I see New Orleans, and I see the Rams. And in the AFC, I see New England, and I see Kansas City, maybe Los Angeles, maybe Pittsburgh. But to me, there's like – 20 to 24 afterthought type of teams in the NFL, three to four that are that are on the cusp. And then there are like six or so teams that are just full-on heavyweights. And I hope those teams stay healthy. I look forward to watching it come down the stretch because I think we're going to have some really interesting football. And a lot of those teams play each other as the year goes on, which makes these more exciting. The Saints play the Rams. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs play the Rams in Mexico City on a Monday night. Kansas City plays the Chargers on a Week 15 game. We'll be at Arrowhead Stadium for. 
Um, you know, the Kansas City plays Baltimore later in the year. Baltimore still plays Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh hosts the Chargers. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm all for parity, but, man, I love it when there's just some really, really good, solid football to watch down the stretch. So, that being said, thank you so much for joining us. For Josh Hill, I am Matt Verderam, and enjoy your week. We'll see you. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. For NFL Week 8 next Sunday. You're the one everyone looks to for answers. Come rain or shine, the job must get done. And you're the one who makes it happen. We get you, Jackie and Fresno, putting your employee safety first. And Manny in Chattanooga, whose local Granger team knows him by name. We're here for you and all the ones who get it done. With 24-7 customer support and access to product specialists to help you find what you need. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.